It's a Friday, and what better way to celebrate than with a mailbag episode on the Locked on Rays podcast? We love mailbag episodes. You love mailbag episodes. We're going to hit three different topics. And, of course, it's a fun Friday episode, Kevin. So we got baseball trivia and name that war. So let's get started right now. You are Locked on Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And we are the host of the Lockdown Rays podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your very first listen every day. Be sure to check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Rays, as well as the other podcasting platforms available. You can also find us on the social medias, X and Instagram, and email us anytime, LockdownRays at gmail.com. Speaking of that, without further ado, let's dive in. To these mailbag questions, we have a trio of them before we get to baseball trivia and name that war. This first one from Jonathan Johns. He says, I love the new stadium and the concept. I love the show and I am a regular listener. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. I live in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Great golf destination, if I may say so myself. Uh, And we come into at least two series a year. Any news in the Bally situation, regional sports networks generate a ton of money for their respective teams. Will this be a steady revenue for the Rays like Masson is for the Orioles? Well, first of all, Jonathan, thank you so much for writing to us. Thank you for being a regular listening uh, listener. We appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to answer this question with another question, Kevin, to you. Okay. Were you able to find out, either by estimate, what is the money that is being paid currently? To the Rays, the only thing that I was able to find out, and this was a very rudimentary, basic search, Google plugging in Rays TV contract and see what popped up. And I saw an article or a couple articles from like 2018, which seemed to indicate that the Rays were getting like $82 million annually. 82? Yeah, from Sun Sports at the time. So I don't know. I would have to look into that. What I can tell you is that I believe Masson worked out an agreement to pay the Orioles and Nationals $100 million annually uh, for each team. So the O's get 100 from Masson. The Nationals get 100 for Masson each year. Okay, because I did something else. I I looked up a 2023 article from Sports Illustrated, and it said, okay. and I quote, it's believed that the Guardians' annual fee from Valley Sports is $55 million, and the Twins is $42 million. So again, I post this question to you, Locked On Race listeners. If the Guardians' annual fee is $55 million and the Twins is $42 million, I'm assuming the Rays are in that ballpark. But as I say that, then I know I, I heard some Rays fans telling me, but we're top 12 in the TV uh, market, you know, and, and there's a lot of, uh, of people that, that watch it. And that's true. So maybe above 55? Yeah, I've I've seen a whole bunch of different numbers here, and I guess it depends on the year. Like 
I'm seeing from I saw on Ray's or not Ray's review, Royals review of all places that the Rays have or would have reportedly inked a 15-year television deal with Fox Sports Regional Networks on sports that would pay them $82 million a year with revenue starting at $50 million for the first year and, and increasing over the life of the deal. And then I see some other sites that seem to indicate between 35 to $50 million. So I have no idea. I would think it's probably in the closer arena of the Twins and the Guardians. But I will say that uh, the Rays' television ratings are, while their attendance may not be so much, they do get a lot of viewership in comparison to other baseball markets out there. A lot of people are tuning into the games uh, one they way do. or the other. They do, and it's not only because it's a, it's a good market uh, for TV, but also when you have a good product, people will consume it. And Dwayne, B.A., Trisha, uh, now Matt, Denard, uh, Doug. They're a good team. They're good. And, and Rich, of course. I forgot Rich. But yeah, if they're, they they provide good quality content. And so people do tune in. So you, you can see how that could be a little bit um, of a larger, larger amount. But to Jonathan's point, will this be a steady revenue for the Rays? I mean, sure, it can be steady. But yeah. as we have pointed out in the first five minutes of the show, it's, it's really not for any you know, fan to know the exact. Yeah. It's not public knowledge and it's not like they're putting out a huge press release of the Razor set to earn this much amount of money from this TV deal. I think they like to keep it hush hush. And there's another, uh, uh, there's another gnat in the ointment, if you will, because Valley sports is going through their own issues, i.e. bankruptcy, uh, their parent company, I should say diamond sports group. And there are reports that Comcast and direct TV may drop the network and we all know about cord cutting and people getting rid of their cable entirely and you're seeing other sports teams uh, such as the Yankees for example looking into direct to consumer streaming services and we've seen a little bit of that with Valley Sports in fact I signed up I don't have cable anymore so I sign up for the $20 a month for Valley Sports and then I'll probably put my uh, my membership subscription on hold until the baseball season returns. But uh, I think it's only a matter of time before MLB might take this over and launch a a nationwide streaming product through MLB TV or through some other um, platform or infrastructure. Um, They've got, they've got it going on with the MLB TV. I mean, they were pioneers with launching that and there's other professional sports teams that basically you know, buy the rights to utilize that technology. So you just have to make it a la carte and people find a way, um, you know, depending on how all this mess shakes out, uh, whether you live in Tampa, St. Petersburg, anywhere in the Tampa Bay area that, okay, if you have to pay more of a surcharge and more of a premium to watch the in-game market, if you have to pay $40, $50 a month to watch raise baseball, okay, what, whatever the figure is, I think that might be the the way of the future um, where people can just, I want to sign up for MLB TV. I just want to watch one team or I want to watch three teams, five teams, but I want to be able to watch my team. I don't want any blackouts whatsoever. And, and we're heading there. And, and this is not just like conjecture. We've actually heard or at least read Rob Manfred quotes specifically talking about 
them targeting that as the next big thing. And honestly, Kev, I know Rob Manfred is is not uh, could be public enemy number one for yeah. baseball fans, just like I think for every for every sport. Everybody's got to have a punching bag. Everybody's right. got to have that uh, that Darth Vader figure. You know. Yeah, exactly. So in in this case, it's Rob. But I I really believe that if if Rob comes through and he does eliminate blackouts, he does actually get this to happen. It's not only the Hall of Fame for him, for him, but it's also the most adored commissioner in baseball. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I know that he gets a lot of crap, but he is a change agent and a visionary when it comes to following through on what he's looking to do to grow the game for generations with the rules changes and having games being finished sooner and uh, and what he has to fight and contend with a sport that is very slow to change and is very focused on tradition to have to um, instigate and work through those battles. Not an easy thing to do. Um, no. And he's, he's shown, yeah, he'll, he'll take a hit here and there, but I think overall um, he's, he's got some really good and shrewd ideas and he seems to have the follow through on them. So I would imagine that at some point um, something like that, some, some technology mechanism where it's going to be easier and easier for somebody like myself, somebody like yourself, uh, no matter where you live to say, okay, I'll, uh, you know, (laughs) I'll pay the fee through Apple pay or whatever. And let me hop on and watch the game and go from there instead of having to, to go through a whole rigmarole to to find what I'm looking for. So um, good question there from Jonathan. Keep them coming. Uh, We, we appreciate all our listeners, uh, especially those that are out of state and out of the area as well. Uh, We have more to discuss, but first we have to tell you that the MLB playoffs are around the corner, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is now with studs like Acuna, Betts, Otani, uh, Yandy Diaz, we could add into the list as well. Uh, With all these uh, great things going on, you can pick more or less on stats for these stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to a 100 times payout on Sleeper. You get your picks right and you could win B.I.G., Big. So here's what you need to do. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. Remember that to see Sleeper's terms of use for details. Again, use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, on Sleeper to get that $100 match on your first deposit. Okay, getting to this next mailbag question from Rhodes Conover. Good to hear from him as well. Uh, He says, I was glancing at the AAA Durham roster recently and saw Austin Shinton's statistics. That guy is putting up a 1,000-plus OPS in AAA this season and a minor league career OPS of above 900. I don't think I've heard this name before, and he's only ranked 27th in our farm system, which feels low for these kinds of numbers. My question is, why the lack of hype around this guy 
And more broadly, what are some of the less number-based factors that impact prospect hype in general? Great question. Great yeah. question. Uh, okay, so for those that don't know, because a lot of people won't know, um, Shenton was a fifth rounder. He's a 191 pick overall. So starting off with that, it's not like the fifth round is like the 30th round, but it's, you know, it's, you lose cachet by round. Yeah. Again, not, not that it's the last round It's the fifth round. It's still really, really high up, but that can give you a little bit of, you know, a little bit of more of, of the hues in this picture. Um, I, 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 I also think the the fact that he wasn't part of a big trade, mm-hmm. uh, was another, you know, a big trade, Chris Archer, and then you're like, oh, Glass now, uh, right. you know, Meadows, Boz. You then you really hone in on these guys. If you don't remember, Austin Shenton comes with JT Shagwa from Diego Castillo. At the time, it did seem like, whoa, Diego's having such a good season, really. But right away, and you can actually go roll back the tape. When we looked at J- JT Shagwa, we're like, okay, it looks like a the great uh, a great value brand of Diego Castillo. Like he can do some similar things. So it wasn't like you were like losing like a, a ton. Like you could see the, the, the potential there. So then there's, that's two things that you can add of why there hasn't mm-hmm. been a lot of like hype around us in Shenton. But if you look at his numbers, uh, they're ridiculous. And the, the guy yeah. has really put up amazing numbers. No, yeah, I, I think uh, that's a really good question from Robin. And just to uh, Robin, oh my gosh, I'm looking at the next email there. Rhodes, too many R, uh, too many, too many uh, mailbaggers with uh, R in their first name. Um, so Austin Shinton, I guess maybe a couple factors working against him is uh, last season was a dud because he was dealing with injuries and he was more or less league average back in 2021 in double a and he's hit it out of the park this year in triple a no pun intended but he also is you know it is a factor um he's about 25 and a half so he's technically considered old for a player that was making his triple a debut and getting his first action at triple a the other thing too is there's a lot of other guys in this system that have brought about name recognition and cachet and talking points from Junior Caminero to Carson Williams to Curtis Mead to Xavier Isaac to Oslavis Basabe, um, Kyle Manzardo before he was traded. I mean, there's a whole host of infielders in particular, middle infielders, corner infielders that are getting more love and attention, and maybe rightly so. And the other thing, too, is um, I read... You know, I've not watched uh, much, if any, film on Austin Shenton, but one of the scouting reports that I dug into suggested that his hit tool could be just about average or average at the most if and when he cracks it at the majors because um, he's really struggled and and swung and missed a lot on off-speed stuff at AAA. If that's happening at AAA that's going to be exposed even more so even more so at the big league level and there's a huge huge discrepancy the discrepancy has not been larger between the talent and abilities of triple yeah. a in the majors so i think those are just a couple of things um i mean if i had to guess if i had to ballpark it 
uh, if and when he gets to the majors, he's probably going to play like a Mike Brossett role. He's not going to be, I think, a major impact player. He'll be like a one more per year corner infielder, which is fine. But it's not he's not like super tooled up. Like the numbers are really good, but um, it's really just the he's got really good power. And that's that's about what's carrying him. And it tells me a little something that, you know, he's doing as well as he is right now. And at his age, which means he should have some maturity and experience on his side, you still are continuously calling up Vidal Brujan over him. You call up a 20-year-old junior Caminero over him. You give Tristan Gray an opportunity over him. So maybe that that point, though, to that point, um, he has played more first base and third base. So maybe they've already found out, hey, the glove might not work at second base anymore. And, And the power, you're right. 14 bombs in 61 games, but you're also right with the whiff. It's at 27%. So we've talked about this. I re- I don't remember if it was with Tristan Gray, like early in the offseason or early in the season, somebody was telling us to, to look at a, at a player. And we're just saying, like, you have to really exploit triple a pitching if you're not really if you're not really going to give a lot of glove you really have to just be doing whatever you want with the baseball and he is doing that but that's why there's a little bit less hype and um i did look into a little bit of a um because i I saw his pull percentage um it it was at 44 percent pull side 32 percent center and then oppo 23 percent and then I was like, hmm, who do I know that pulls the ball a lot and also plays first base and also plays third base yeah. and is with the race currently and has a lot of pop? You all know it. Isak can see him Paredes. In 2021, in AAA with the Tigers, not that not that far uh, 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 away now from 2023, instead of 44.1% like Shenton, Isak had 44.8%. Shenton had 32.4% to the middle, 28.6% for Paredes, Oppo 23.4 for Shenton, 26.7%. So very similar. So could he develop just like Isak could? Yes, 100%. That's a possibility. But those developments take time. And they and one of the your second point really is the big one, which is depth. The race have a lot of depth yeah. in the minor league. So when you have a lot of depth, a lot of people get, you know, not a lot of playing time and not a lot of opportunity to show up. Right, for sure. And uh, to the other point of, you know, why he's maybe not getting as much love as others. Yeah, that's it is, you know, he wasn't uh, a guy drafted in the first or second round out of high school. He was a three-year player, four-year player, whatever it was, out of FIU, fifth-round draft pick. So the more money you get in that signing bonus – and, uh, and, and the higher you're drafted, usually, uh, your name kind of emanates, uh, throughout the, the prospect list and the prospect rankings. And, uh, yeah, I'm just curious to see, I, and I know we've only looked at a couple of sources, but I would like to see and compare where Austin Shenton ranks on baseball America compared to baseball prospectus compared to where Aram would put him on just baseball.com. You know, I, I think it's just one of those cases where he's, uh, he could be that quasi four a player where he just mashes, mashes triple a pitching, but it might not fully quite translate to the major league level. Maybe like a, you know, again, 
Mike Brasso, who's who's doing fine right now, or a Taylor Mott or something like that. Yeah. There's guys out there that put up amazing, amazing numbers in AAA, but in the big league level, they just can't handle it and can't hang. So um, I think eventually, eventually he'll get his opportunity and get his crack. Um, there's really, I don't think much more he could really prove at, at, outside of, um, you know, maybe internally showcasing that, hey, I'm not going to get beaten and destroyed by off-speed pitches at uh, the AAA level. So yeah, that's something to watch out going forward as well. Uh, one more question before we get to uh, trivia and name that war. This one, not from Rhodes. Rhodes, thank you for the question. From Robin, Robin Sifkin uh, says, hey, Lockdown Rays, sorry it's taken so long to get another question in, but nothing seemed perfect. My question is, do you think the Rays will utilize a speedster that is currently in the minor leagues during a playoff series in the role of pinch runner slash defense replacement? I see the primary options right now as Rymel Tapia, Billy Hamilton, and Vidal Brujan. Who do you think has the best chance of getting into the action? I'm thinking Brujan is the easiest to, to justify for them, but I'd like to give Tapia a try. I'm definitely not biased from seeing him play on the Modesto Nuts many years ago. With the news of Bilal's injury and Tapia being pulled from the game, this might change, but it's interesting to think about. Well, first of all, like always, thank you so much for writing to us, Robin. Tapia. I think I'm sorry, but he has a a bat that can kind of fake it out there. I mean, um, enough. He has enough MLB experience. I'm. I would you if these are the options: Tapia, Bruhan, Billy Hamilton. I'm going with Tapia. Look, it's not a um, filet mignon. We're we're picking between uh, flank steaks and stew meat, basically, but. Regardless, uh, Tom, <laughs> I thought hey. you were going to go with like another, but that, that caught me. That, caught that, me. that works. Hopefully that uh, the listeners get a laugh out of that one as well. Yeah. Tapia, he's getting the playing time. He's getting the action right now. Um, if it was somebody else that they were maybe leaning on or thinking about, I think if there was a time to call up a guy and, and get him his run now, this is the prime opportunity to do that. So I feel yeah. that because Tapia is right here, he would be the man to stay. And I know he doesn't have a, just like Austin Shinton doesn't have the, the cachet, so to speak. Tapia doesn't either, but he's done really quite a bit in his career between uh, eight seasons and 2000 plate appearances, a 273 career average. Like that yeah. holds. That, yeah. that is a track record that you can count on. Um, he can play left, right, center. He can pinch in at DH. He provides base running value and sprint speed. I think that's the guy. Look, Billy Hamilton, Vidal Brujan, we're not even going to have that conversation. But Billy Hamilton, he's played you know three games at the major league level this year. He hasn't done anything in, in years. Um, if I had to guess, you know, just reading the tea leaves, I think probably the only reason what, that he was brought into the fold was maybe as a emergency 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 situation but also just hey he's been in the big leagues for a long long time he's stuck around with really basically having you know that one primary skill set he he's the guidance guy to the kids at AAA of here's here's the trials and tribulations that you're going to have to go through if you want to have a sustainable major league career maybe give him a couple tips on base running that's that's about what i got 
Yeah, I know. And 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 I think if there's a, a name that might not come back, Siri, Rayleigh, guess what? You got Tapia. So it's yeah. it's it's really good insurance. Uh not the best, but again, it's insurance. Like it's on insurance on September 28th. Like we're talking right. about like there's not if something a lot happens to Manny Margot, you could feel confident of yeah, there's gonna be a drop off, but it's not like this guy is going to have um you it's know, not for a season, Kevin. Yeah, it's, it's not gonna weeks. he's not gonna be wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, basically. Yes, exactly. And you know what? If you don't want to be bushy-tailed when you have things that are missing from your home, well, you know what? You gotta use DoorDash. You you love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door. That's DoorDash. And with DoorDash grocery delivery, you can stock up for the week or order last minute cravings conveniently. If you need fresh groceries for the week and don't have time to go to the store, guess what? Try DoorDash. Grocery delivery from DoorDash. You'll get everything you want right to your door. So today, you can get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKED ON MLB at checkout. It's a limited time offer. Terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20. No minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKED ON MLB. Don't forget, that's code LOCKED ON MLB for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. All right. Uh, hopefully, the listeners out there enjoy this background music as we bleed into trivia and name that war. We've got a couple different options. So, if you hate this background music that is titled Feeding the Ducks, let us know and we might try night driving or lo fi or into space. We can play around with that. But our yeah. Jeopardy music, our Jeopardy theme music, uh, we're, we're changing it up uh, and, and utilizing what's been provided to us here. So I uh, want to get people's perspective uh, on that. I was looking up, I, I was trying to look at it real briefly but it seemed like tapia's splits were about even amongst lefties and righties look at that but i'd have to uh double check and confirm that so there's the uh, stability there all right getting to uh baseball trivia name that war my trivia question is pretty brief here and we had talked about the seattle mariners and uh Oh, did we did we lose the music here? I'm trying to loop the track. Seemed like we did. Oh, dang it. There it is. I might just have to keep playing it intermittently. Regardless, um, we had mentioned the Seattle Mariners as a possible playoff opponent. So I figured I'd dig into the archives with that franchise and come up with a question here. So my question is this. Uh, there are six individuals who have registered at least a thousand career innings pitched in a Seattle uniform. I want three of those six names. Felix Hernandez. Numero uno with two, seven, two, nine and two thirds. Randy Johnson. Uh, yes, that would be correct. He's number three on this list with 1,838 innings in the third. 
Oh, who is the guy who had a no hitter and then Vizquel ha ended it with a barehanded play? Oh, I think he starts with a V or an N. Oh, that's going to bother me. That's going to bother me. Um, okay, whatever. Okay, let's go back. Uh, did Felix have a buddy? Oh, uh, oh, easy. Venezuelan bump. Freddy Garcia. Freddy Garcia. I got to play Feeding the Ducks again. This is going to get annoying. Yeah, it is. We got to figure this out. Yeah. I don't know if I'm looping it or not looping it. Dang it. Okay. <laughs> People better like feeding the ducks because this is work. Yes. Freddy Garcia is correct. Amundo, 1,096 and a third innings pitched. He is number six on the list. The others, and I'll just run down them, uh, run them down. Felix Hernandez, number one, of course. Number two, this guy pitched until he was 100 years old. Jamie Moyer. With 2,093 innings, uh, three Randy Johnson, four Mike Moore, five Mark Langston, and six Freddie Garcia. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Jamie Moore. Uh, yeah. I would have been really upset about that one. Yeah. He pitched till he was 49. Holy cow. He He's he was he was he was Rich Hill before Rich Hill was Rich Hill. Yeah. He was the pitching version of Julio Franco. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He still looks uh, good, by the way. I bet he does. Uh, for Name That War, which, by the way, can we kill Feeding the Ducks now? You want me to kill Feeding the Ducks? Kill the Ducks. All right. I was trying to fade it out, but we yeah, got some work to do. We got some work to do. It's it's Bear with us, peeps. It's a working title. Thank you. Uh, for Name That War, which, by the way, if you've never seen Name That War, it's the, play, it's the game that we play where we take a player from the past and we try to guess his career war according to baseball reference only using our mind or baseball archive mind mm -hmm. kevin today i'm going with a guy whose name is kevin too but his last name is not weiss you got to flip that bad boy over kevin millar oh god come what on kevin millar's career war according to b ref <sighs> Actually, I think I'll do okay on this one. Kevin Millar, who did more talking than hitting. Uh, but I think he did some of that as well. I'm going to say Kevin Millar played about a dozen seasons in the bigs. Okay. I'm going to say he had around a 274 career batting average, probably around 160 homers. Oh, man, I can't really remember. I guess he was a corner infielder, perhaps. Um, so I'll bottle all that together. He was maybe a one-time All-Star. Two at most, but I doubt it. Uh, career war of 13.2. That was your best name that war in the Four years we've played this game. Wow. Okay. I mean, you said he had a 274 batting average. He had a 274 batting average. Holy cow. You said I did not look he had up. around 160 home runs. He had 170. And you said he played a, you know, a dozen years. <laughs> he played a dozen years. He was never an all-star. 
but he did have an 810 OPS. He had an 110 OPS plus, and his career war was not 13.2 like you said, but 14.2. Look at that. I'll take it. I'm kind of impressed with myself. Kevin on Kevin. Wow. Yeah. All right. I like it. Kevin knows Kevin. I don't feel so bad about that. I've got this weird – I know Evan's mentioned it. I've got this kind of weird intuition where I can sort of ballpark a guy's career numbers. Maybe I was looking at so many baseball cards growing up. That's how I remember it. Playing too many video games too. Too much MLB The Show. You remember guys' uh, stat lines as well. Oh, God. I know I'm old when I'm like, no, I play 2K. (laughs) Yeah, played that one too. Oh, my gosh. Oh God! If any listeners want to uh, purchase me a PS5 and MLB the show, <laughs> shameless. Lockedonrays at gmail.com. Um, um, no, but what we do want to hear from you from on the comment section is, did you like feeding the ducks? Feeding the ducks, yeah. If not, we we're gonna we. Mm, uh, yeah. Uh. Or uh, or little teaser. Do you like night driving? Here's night driving. blast it up a little bit i actually legitimately would like listen to this on a drive like i think i would soothing in a way windows down saddish melancholic mood yeah you hear the beat drop right there Mm. i have no idea what i'm talking about but i like that (laughs) that would work Uh, need people to comment on the on the feet in the ducks or night driving. I need people to comment on how many games do you think we're going to win against the Jays this weekend? Three, two, two, one. I think two. Yeah. And then drop it in also. Last thing but not least, who do you think the race will be facing? Mm, love it all. And also, just to wrap it up, guess what we're doing on Monday for Monday show, people? It has become a tradition. We are doing it for the third year in a row with Mr. Evan Klosky, who will get off an airplane mm-hmm. at midnight and then jump on the mic with us. That's yep. the type of relationship we have. He's going to be awesome. We're going to have a Monday draft roster postseason show, just like we have in the last two years. So that should be fun for Monday's show. Good stuff. Uh, I, I'd be a terrible DJ, by the way, trying to work the. All right, guys, we have feeding the ducks next. Enjoy it. You enjoy feeding the ducks. Yeah, yeah. Then I've got like some uh, some lady coming up. Can you play this? Uh, and then I'd scramble and it'd be really bad. So, I'm all right. Sorry. Do you have Sublime? Can you play Sublime? No, I can't play Sublime. No, I can't. No, I Not on the playlist. No, I won't play Sublime, actually. I've got Thank Feeding you. the Ducks or Night Driving. Those are your two options. Take it or leave it. Goodbye. Now get out of my face and get out of my bar and <laughs> exactly. never want to see you again. All right. I <laughs> hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe. And we will talk to you next week.